Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and joining me this week, well, actually before I introduce them, let me tell you a little story. I was sitting there talking to my partner and she turned around, she said to me, what would you like for Christmas? So I turned around and I said, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. And she went, what? I went, well, to put it this way, I don't really care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. And she went, what? And I went, look, I just want him for my own. Okay, more than you could ever know. So please, please make my wish come true because all I want for Christmas is Stu. How you doing, Stu? (laughs) All the better for hearing that. Yeah, that's a a good change to the lyric. I like that. And we should do that to all songs that, that end with you like that. Because, you know, I'm the best. Yeah, but yeah, I for the next couple of times we heard that song, I couldn't help but giggle. That's excellent. Well, you know, I can't blame you, but there's only one of me to go around. And uh, I, we, we'll see if I end up in your stocking on, on Christmas morning. We'll just see what happens. Or just around here in stockings. Oh, oh that would be a sight to behold. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I will be now disappointed if Mel doesn't listen to this podcast and decide to start singing that opening verse to you on Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to demand it. Oh, that's going to be one of my Christmas presents I'm going to ask for. That, that's grounds for divorce if she doesn't. I know. I agree completely. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who I'll be going straight to to you know for comfort and and uh, commiseration. I'll wear my chaps. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, talking about things we want for Christmas, video games. Have you been playing any? I always won't games for christmas i don't know it's a really good topic actually to talk about um but we'll do it briefly because as i was saying before we started recording we're both ill but we're still doing this anyway um so i was like oh well we'll try and you know we'll keep it shorter you know shortish all right medium length okay yeah well we can't keep things medium length <laughs> we'll try and keep it short and here i am immediately beginning on a new topic That's but right, guys. <laughs> yeah. do you do that thing where you think i i want these games desperately I'll put them on my Christmas list. And then I, I go, I'm going to take that off the list because I might have to buy that now. And then end up with no games on my list because I'm too impatient and I have to buy them immediately. <laughs> but uh, I suppose, no. no, that doesn't happen to me. I've got so many games on my wish lists and stuff that no. Right. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I've got, I've managed to leave one on there, which is the new Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors one. It's not new. It's just I don't have Age it. Age of Calamity, really good. Yeah, that's right. I really want to play that. So that's on my list, and it's not coming off. But uh, as that's the future, obviously, in the present, I have been playing games, and the one I've been playing for, it was yesterday evening, and that is it, uh, because that was when (laughs) I bought it, which is uh, a game called Clockwork Aquaria on the Switch. And it's a funny one, because it's a game by Westone, who... They mainly famous for being a Sega first party company and producing the Wonder Boy games, or a lot of them, including the best one, which is Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap. Yeah. And yeah, they were a big arcade producer in, in the 80s and 90s, mainly the late 80s. And they had an unreleased game, which is Clockwork Aquaria. And it's been polished up by another developer and released. So, it, you know, 25 years out of date, finally get it. Uh, it's 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 all right. It's fun. 
it basically it's like uh, you know it's so bright and garish it's like a clown vomited on you sort of thing very very typical of of that sort of taito era of of bright games but even more crazy than that uh it's just dialed back enough so you can actually see what's going on as opposed to it just being you know like a magic eye picture of every color of the rainbow splashed across the screen but it it plays quite well uh i'm strangely it has got a bit of depth to it i didn't think it would so it's just a platform game you just run along you can jump on stuff's head you know and you can throw enemies at others it it feels a little bit like kirby without the you know drawing them in ability but you know all the rest of it feels a little bit kirby-esque in the would it be pre-kirby it would certainly be around the time of the earliest one i guess I don't know, actually. But yeah, yeah you are talking that, that kind of time frame. That era. You, so, yeah. Mm, mm. But, um, yeah, so you kind of, as the title of the game suggests, it's it, everything's cockwork, the, all the enemies, uh, which basically just means they've got one of those wind-up keys in the side of them. And it's, you know, Aquarius suggests that they're all fish, and they are all, like, fish and crustaceans and stuff. So yeah, you you run along, you jump on platforms, you jump on things, heads, you throw stuff at other stuff. So it's very simple like that. But it does have a couple of quirks. You can throw up upwards and downwards, uh, as well as just forwards. And you kind of have to because the enemy bullets or you know weapons or whatever that they throw at you can be jumped on and turned into weapons. Yeah, you have to use that factor that into the bosses and. Yeah, it's it's really colourful, as I say, you know, perhaps a tad colourful. From a design perspective, it's not perfect, but at least it's bright and colourful, you know. You can choose from three different characters who all seem exactly the same at the moment. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's it's got a couple of quirks in it that make it a bit of a laugh. And it's interesting to play something that's been lost to time like that. I'm not sure whether I'd argue it holds up very well in, today, in today's world. Um, but you know, need to. I think it's a weird one, actually, that, because I think if you're making a release you want to charge for as a new title or whatever in a way, or then you've got to do quality of life. You've got to. If you're going, hey, this is the game that we had back then, then fine, I'm okay because that's the experience. So depends on how they've marketed this and how they've presented it, really. Yeah, I, it's it's too far too expensive for what it is. It's like yeah. it's sixteen ninety nine, which I was willing to pay because it was kind of it's one of those that I want to promote kind of thing, you know, because yeah. I want to promote that kind of uh, that kind of work. But I would not expect other people to pay more than you know, I don't know, eight ninety nine or something. Um, you're gonna get eight ninety nines worth if you went into an arcade today and it was fifty p credit, you'd complete it with eight ninety nine. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, well, not eight ninety nine because that's not divisible, but you know what I mean. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> there, but, there may yeah. be plenty of coffee in this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, there certainly will be. I'll try and cut as much as possible, but other than like cutting myself to shut myself up, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah so. I would say, you know, sit on it until it's cheaper for the general audience. If you're really into that era of game, then buy it immediately because it won't disappoint you. It's the only the sort of main negative, really, is that it's it's not very sophisticated. Even though it's clearly, like, based on something that had 
like on an arcade board that had a lot of RAM because it's got loads of sprites, loads of animations. You know, it's really quite sophisticated. Um, but it doesn't have any any gameplay quirks that make it different to stuff of that era, let alone stuff of today. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of those. Sit on it if you're not that bothered. Buy it when it's cheap, and it, you know it's a bit of a bit of a laugh. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it, and it's uh, it's so bright and colourful that I think even Blue Skies here, Sega would be going just 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 a little bit, tone it down, yeah, just just dial just, it back, just, 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 <laughs> a, just a tiny yeah. tiny tiny bit, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, it look it looks interesting. But as I said, um, seeing videos of it, hearing your opinion, it's one I was interested in. But I might wait. It's reviewing well, though. I've got to say that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I don't do Metacritics and everything on the whole, but it's been getting sort of like around seventy five percent on Metacritic, which I think is really good for what I what looks to me like a curio style game. It's not yeah. something everyone's going to go. It's a you know, very niche title. So, fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll add that to my list of potentials and when it hits the sale, gets cheap, I'll give that a go. Yeah, yeah, do. It, it, the last thing I'll say on it is that it does do that thing that I have criticised modern games for quite a lot, especially throwback games that are aiming to be, you know, of that late 80s, to mid 90s kind of platformer in that the pacing is good so you like I, I mentioned very specifically a couple of podcasts ago that I get very frustrated by stuff that's you know it might be reasonably fast paced and there's a lot to do but nothing really changes and there's no innovation brought in to each level and the levels aren't well designed um this doesn't have that. Each level is very distinct from the next. It has very distinct enemies and enemy placement and movement. And the things that you do, therefore, vary. And this changes from level to level very quickly. And the levels are only like, you know, three to five minutes long. So it, it's, yeah. I think that's possibly why it will have reminded people that even though there's a lot of games that ape this style, not many of them are from the equivalent of double A AA or triple A, you know, producers developers who who can formulate a really tight experience like that yeah no i agree with you completely there so yeah no it's it's good to get these uh these views on games like that because one they don't often get i say much of a mention um across the mainline uh publications um and two it's again i think a lot of people are missing out on some really interesting games i say i'm going to be talking about one in a short while that um is far from perfect but deserves attention so but yeah we'll, we'll i'll come to that in a bit cool because i've been playing before that one long mowing simulator ah. uh, because i heard many many people have been talking about it and i i before I get to it, I don't know where I stand on simulator games at the moment. Like, I'm not on about train simulator and things like that because they go for like uber realism and sort of like it's, this is what it's like to ride, a, like to do a train. But you know, like your, your mechanic simulators, your PC building simulators, lawn mowing simulator, power wash simulator. I don't know where I stand on them because they're trash, but they're good. I think we've got, do you know, like when we had Goat Simulator and that was that was just pure trash and it was like funny for yeah. five minutes and then, oh yeah, you've pushed it too far. The joke gets boring. It's a, actually a bad game. It's not, oh, it's bad, it's funny. It's actually a bad game. And then you had the um, the one where the delivery thing that you was doing, that was crap. 
as a as a simulator game it's trying to be too wacky um so now you've got like farm simulator obviously he's been around for a while and this long mowing simulator goes for that it's quirky but we try and go for some realism and it's basically you get all these ride on lawnmowers and you've basically got to mow lords um and growing size lords and stuff like that and there's like you have to upgrade fix etc your, your lawnmowers and you go through and it gets bigger and better and, and all stuff like that um and it's it's weird it's 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 not it's pol it's i'm trying to get the words out here it's polished but it's not at the same time yeah it's got jank it's got jank but it works in its favor i don't want to play a lawnmowing simulator where i'd much rather well you know it's that realistic i'd rather actually be riding a real lawnmower I want the yeah. game to be fun, and it does have an element of fun to it, but you've got to put your fuel in, stuff like that, do running repairs, you've got to follow paths and everything to get all the proper lawnmowing done. Um, you can draw things in the grass with your lawnmower if you're clever. Quick Google search, people have drawn penises, because of course they have. Of course. Um, as soon as you can draw anything in anything, you draw a penis. Exactly, it's the first thing you do. Yeah, but you know, you get your different upgrades. You can do like your stripe rollers, um you know, there's grass collectors, some of them have, others don't. Um, so you could really upgrade it. And I didn't realise how upgraded these bloody things could get. And also, it's got apparently, these are real life uh, lawnmower manufacturers in there. So you can ride uh, a Toro. You can ride a Skag. And you can ooh. ride a Steger. I have no idea what those words mean. No. <laughs> but they all sound a bit erotic. They do a little bit. Yeah, strange, isn't it? Um, you've got so much power between your legs, and I don't know. Um, it's like it's almost like motorbikes. It's like the level of stuff people do with these things. Um, there are some push ones in there as well, which I really... Oh, that's what I was glad about. I don't just want ride-on. I want to push lawnmower as well, if possible. Yeah. But, yeah, it's. I like it. I like it. It's, I don't know what else to say. It's one of those games. I don't want to say anything. It's, it's good, but it's crap, but it's good. It's fun. <laughs> Um, yeah. and I like the fact you've got there is a free mode you do whatever but it's got the management side so you could build a business a lawn care business from it yeah and that's ridiculous so, you know that's what I want like to be able to sometimes just go out and mow a lawn but also to have a game where I build a business up uh, because I can't do that in real life yeah but yeah no just it's, it's like I think you get it on Game Pass at the moment I've got a PC Steam review code and I just yeah I just really enjoyed it but I can't say anything about it in terms of this is why I like it. I just don't know. It's just a game I'm enjoying. Yeah, it's it's strange. A lot of people... I think there's two things colliding uh, in a good way. I think that there's the kind of... The virtual tourism thing of doing a job that you would actually enjoy. Um, and again, going back to old podcasts, I think it was a week or two ago I said, you know, I would do I would do certain jobs that I can't afford to do now if I could... It, it, yeah, if they were paid a decent wage, and it's kind of that. It's a simulation of doing a job that you would you would perhaps do if you if money wasn't an object. If there was a UBI, yeah. And there's also a thing of, and this is a much much bigger deal. I think <clears throat> that Kitsch and Camp are finally coming into gaming. You know, like an an experience that is deliberately very meta, yeah. very anti game very yeah we understand the nuts and bolts of games and what makes them good now we're gonna 
do something that's completely, you know, ridiculous and you're going to pay to to play it because you've come so far on your line of playing games that you've played everything, you've played every type of game there is. So we're going to start <clears throat> internally taking the piss out of ourselves and producing experiences that are deliberately, you know, guff. And, you know, it's been heading that way for a few years and there's definitely a sub-genre of cult games now yeah. that are not cult because they're garbage. They're cult because their theme and their gameplay is kitschy. And yeah. this definitely seems to be like that. And I think it'll only get bigger. It'll never be massively mainstream, The kitsch, this kitsch no. sort of yeah but, thread. But it's going to, yeah, it's, it's going to thrive well, I think. what it does is i say when you go back to the likes of surgeon simulator goat simulator i am bread and stuff like that they're too low random um and they are they're designed to be bad and that's how they're hiding behind not being able to make a good game yeah i think if someone was to come and make a surgeon simulator now i think instead of the flailing arms and the cutting the um everything in the body up and that's the idea of the game I think it'll take a more realistic view. You know, you've got to really slice properly. You've got to maybe, if you've got your mouse, you've got to slice as carefully as you can. I think it'll be closer to like a trauma centre now, but with the 3D visuals and more simulator-based. So I think we've moved on from that. Oh, look, look at this game. We've made something that's fun for five minutes. Now buy it. To actually, we could do that hook and make a good serious game. Yeah. That's to say, because this isn't joking. This isn't laughing at itself. This isn't um, sort of going, oh, look how, look how crazy we can do with physics. It's trying to be as grounded as possible. And that's what makes it work. And also, you're right. It's the sort of job I would do if I was able to go on universal basic income and go, do you know what? I fancy doing that for a couple of weeks. Let's go and do that for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'll trade. <laughs> yeah i, I just I, I have this vision of the job market being just fun you know like that that you could imagine yeah that they like post jobs that they like you said two weeks oh we've got this thing going on where you know we're doing this landscaping job on a massive estate and we need people to do the the non-skilled well you need to come in non-skilled and just run a lawnmower all day yeah and if you're like I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that for two weeks. Yeah, I think definitely. We'll take it rather than non-skilled, non-trained. Yes, that's that's a much better way of expressing it. I did uh, the job itself is is skilled. It's just that yeah. I would have I would be coming in. You have got the skills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. untrained so, definitely. Yeah. But unlike our politicians, we like to sometimes check our language. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, the, well, they you know they're the the toppermost of the toppermost in the country. You yeah, know, we they, well. Yeah. I, I mean, should we tell people about the Christmas party we're having? We've worked hard this year, Stu, so we're, you know, doesn't no, matter. No, no, keep it, keep it on the DL. No, okay. yeah, yeah, no, we're banned. Oh yeah, wait, we're not posh enough, so we would get fined. <laughs> yeah, totally. And sacked and everything, you know. Oh yeah, right, 10k. There we go. Right, I've got the politics out of my system. Got the politics out. Let's go. Let's carry on. But yeah, long mowing simulator, really good. Um, how long, actually, one question, how long before we get to a point where you go for a job or something and they go, what experience have you got? And you go, well, I've got no physical experience, but I've racked up about 240 hours in X simulator. I think we're not that far away, to be honest. I think that it won't be, oh, right, we'll include your gaming for, uh, you know, pleasure 
in the in that experience although that might happen but i think there'll be a lot more use of you know game like experiences for training so in stuff like you know surgery and um you know driving and and stuff like that and i think it will be accepted i think you'd be able to get accreditations from it yeah um, much more easily obviously the resources but lucas decided that he could probably fix a car because he's played mechanic simulator now Now, Mechanic Simulator, you hover a mouse over an item in the car, it goes yellow, and then you click it, and it comes out, you move it, you cl- you get the thing you want, you hover it over the air, it's got to go, and you click to put it in. Now, I know that's not how you take apart an engine. However, yeah. where I will give him credit for it on, and this is why I asked the question initially, is can these simulators get to the point where you actually know what an ins- everything that's inside the car, everything that's inside a lawnmower, how to fix the lawnmower, how to fix the car, how to fix a computer. And then the, the job of the training is to actually teach you the, right, so this is, you know where everything is, this is how you actually take it out. So you could concentrate on the actual fine skills that are needed rather than the, right, let's just show everyone where the, like, you know, the air compressor is or whatever. Well, that's a really good question, and I think it depends on where technology goes. And I think there's there's an argument that it could go in the route of, well, we'll have AR, and therefore you could be standing there over an engine, and it you'll be looking at the parts, and it will label the parts for you. Yeah. And then if you like select a part and then look at another part, it will tell you how they interconnect. And then even an idiot like me could come up to a car and go, oh, right, oh, that's that thing I saw on that video. Therefore, yeah. I just take this apart and do that, and then it works. And I think that there'll be that that's one possible future. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't take off, then I think that there's the possibility that, yeah, you could learn it on, you know, in VR. Uh, and then when you go along, all you need to learn is, like you say, the fine skills and, and stuff like that and get how to pick stuff up without breaking your back and, you know, all of those sorts of skills, real-life skills. So, yeah, it could go one of either way. It could be a blend of those, yeah. AR will definitely get to the point where you wear glasses, it will label everything. And say you need to learn how to remove and change a graphics card in a computer, it will you'll do that and in your glasses, in your vision, it will label step-by-step step what you need to take out and stuff yeah. like that that it will get there but in our lifetime maybe not but it will get there Um, but yeah it was interesting these uh, these these simulator games are definitely taking us places um i think much in the way the plastic instrument movement got lots of people interested in actual instruments i think we're going to see a lot of people wanting to you know do garden landscaping in the future yeah yeah <laughs> I, 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 well actually i don't think that's that crazy you know if you have virtual tourism you want to visit that place you know and yeah. i think it's the same with jobs yeah oh yeah definitely i agree um so my next thing is i'm gonna go mow a lawn in rio de janeiro while doing it on the top of christ the redeemer's head yeah and so doing surgery on somebody at the same time christ the redeemer gonna give yeah. him a nose job <laughs> that is Excellent. still spectacular my most amazing experiences i'm never something i'm never going to do in real life but in flight simulator flying close to christ the redeemer in a little like by wind type plane and it's like oh my god that was amazing uh, that's something i'll yeah. never do in real life but that's oh yeah 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 i can imagine that 
you be playing anything else before we go down another rabbit hole yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i have I, well i've been continuing to play halo infinite and yes. it's just really good it's really really good i don't i'm not using any greater superlatives at the moment i'm going to get to the end and see what i think but it's definitely got into my top 10 of the year now and it's because you know there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there so you look at this great big map and you're like okay so it doesn't really change very much you know it's this map and then that's kind of it yeah. and it all looks very similar and once you've got the gist of of how things appear and then how forerunner structures appear and going underground and you know all this you kind of seen everything so aesthetically it kind of gets a little bit repetitive but each individual mission or action is so much fun in and of itself that it doesn't really matter in a way there's just so much chucked in there it's so sandboxy in such a good way and everything clicks together so well. It, it fits just like you know, Minecraft or Lego or something. It, it just just works. And there's so many really good emergent bits of, of combat that come out of it that you just kind of, you can't really even put a price on, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, there was one, I'll just mention one. There are these there are these areas, and one of the good things it does is that you'll come up on like a base or something, and you're like, oh yeah, I can take I can take them, I can take that set of banished out, no problem. And you you get into it, and like you you take you pick people off, and then you work your way into the center, and then there's a couple of stragglers, and you pick them off, and you're like, yeah yeah yeah, I'm the master chief, I, you know, <laughs> Billy Big. And then this dropship, Covenant dropship, or banished dropship, comes down and drops a load more of them off. And you're like, oh God, you know, I've totally bitten off more, I can chew, you know. But the other day, as I was rocking up to this base, I was in like a little mongoose, and I had a guy on the back who had a rocket launcher. And I rocked up to this base, and this, just as this big warship comes on the horizon, rocket guy lets off a rocket at it, and I'm like, you shouldn't bother with that, mate. That's just wasting ammo. Anyway, he hits it, and like it takes massive damage. And he fires another one, and he blows the thing up before it can drop any soldiers out of it. And I'm like, nice. Yeah. And it's just like totally emergent. If I'd not been in the right place, had the right guy on the back, I would. I didn't even think that you could blow these things up because I chucked a couple of rockets at these things in the past, and I was like, nah, it doesn't do anything. But he must have hit them in the right this thing in the right spot. I must have been at the right angle. And just seeing him just fire off these two rockets perfectly and blow this thing up, it's like, that's superb. So, yeah, there's loads of stuff like that. That's just one example. Uh, and, yeah, uh, you can't really put a price on that, really. No, no. Well, Microsoft can. They can do it for nothing or ten ninety nine yeah, a month, fact, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I like that with games. I mean, the fact you said it's good and like that, sometimes you don't need the superlatives. I, 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 someone turns around to me and goes, what do you think of this film? What do you think of this game? And you go, yeah, it's good. Not like, it, it's good. Because like, you get something, it's good. And then you could go, right, yeah. but. But when you just go, it's good, go, that'll do. That'll do me. Yep, that's fine. Yeah, because usually when you go, oh my god, let me tell you about this. It was excellent. You got to explain why it's excellent. Just it's good is a selling point, uh, and yeah, gameplay where everyone can have their own individual little stories. And I've heard loads of little individual stories, and very rarely do you find two the same. Um, yeah, that's some clever game making going on right now. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, t- two things on that. Uh, one, I completely agree. Being able to say something is good is very important because there's often a very binary thing on the internet where you have to say either that it's great, meaning, you know, it's a one in binary terms, or that it's rubbish, which is a zero. And it's like, no, the world isn't like that. There's degrees, you know, there's yeah. there's nuance. <laughs> and uh, at the moment, this definitely falls into a nuanced category. Um and I can't remember what the other thing was going to be that I said. In my defence, I've been very unwell this week. But there you go. So, yes, it's it's very... It, most people can play this as part of their subscription. If you've not already picked it up, then definitely, you know, get it installed and play it. Yeah. And it, this is, to be honest, from what I understand and what I've heard a lot of people say, it's the sort of game where, do you know what? It's Christmas. You're probably going to get your new Series S, maybe, or you've upgraded your PC, or you just want a new game for Christmas. Stick eleven quid on a try on, on Game Pass for a month, rinse it. You've got it for eleven quid. Yeah. Then. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. My friend, friend of mine's doing that. Um, that exact thing. Yeah. To play it, and also so that we can hopefully. I was hoping to have played it so we could talk about it on this episode, but um, play Aliens Fire Team as well, and uh, play that in co-op, and then you can have both those experiences for, like you say, for yeah. a tenner. Well, uh, I've heard, well, that's two of you on the forums. I've seen at least another two people say they can't find games. If you all get on at the same time, you might actually get a game. I know, I know, but all, even organising that is so hard, isn't it's it, a, when you when you probably, it's when a you bit grown of a, up? It's a bit of a graveyard, Aliens Fire Team Alpha, from what I understand. No. Oh. It's, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not one I would have paid for, I don't think, but... No. Yeah. Aliens, Aliens, it's a tough franchise, Aliens, in it? Because Colonial Marines destroyed it as a video gaming franchise. And even though it's got respect back with isolation, it's still, you hear Aliens and you hear it's not just a pure horror game. And you just go, oh, oh yeah. I'm getting Colonial Marines vibes here. Yeah, I, I liken it. It's very, I find it in a weird way, very similar to star wars games but very specifically lightsaber games so like with aliens if you just nullify the acid blood thing and go yeah they if as long as you're not within a few feet of them then it's fine blow them up acid not a problem uh it's similar to lightsabers if you're hitting people with lightsabers and it's like hitting them with a nerf bat it's just like what's the point that takes away the entire point and it's yeah. the same with aliens you know you should be like if if you're shooting them and there's loads of them there's so much acid that it's deforming the environment that you can breathe it in and it's it'll rock you know it'll start burning your lungs and you know you, you really should include that in the gameplay experience if you just turn it into oh you shoot them and there's a tiny little bit of a splash of blood then that isn't aliens so it's like you say you know if it's not a horror horror game where that's part of it, <clears throat> then it's kind of like, well, you could be shooting anything, and then why bother with the aliens license? Yeah. One of you could be the alien, like it's just like Splatoon, but with like acid blood. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or you just do what Visceral did, which is go, look, it's alien, but we haven't got the license, so it's called Dead Space, and the creatures yeah. are different, so we got a bit more license. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of what. I- Isolation is like, but in the first person, isn't it? Yeah. It's, I suppose it's quite it's, similar it's, to yeah, Dead it's, Space. It's, it's Dead Although Space, more but action in Dead Space. Well, it's got full circle. It's, it's Dead Space was Alien, but without the license. 
And then Alien Isolation was Dead Space, but with the Alien license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ironic how these things turn out. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, there we go. That's where I'm up to. Have you got anything else you've been playing? I have, yes. Sorry. Uh, I've been playing Fire Girl <laughs> Hack and Slash. Ha- sorry. I'll get this out right. Fire Girl Hack and Splash Rescue. It's a fire, it's a roguelike fire rescue game, which should, should, and I would say should, be everything I want in a game. It covers, it ticks all the boxes, but there's some buts with this one. So essentially, you take on, like, you, you're this young fire recruit, fire brigade recruit, um, as she's called, Fire Girl. That's a cracking example of nominative determinism. <laughs> Basically, you've got to go round the city, putting out fires and rescuing people. Simple as that. Uh, but the problem is, rather than it being a simple, here's some fires to put them out to rescue people, move on, you know, we've made it more difficult or it's more puzzly or anything like that. They've turned it into a roguelike, which is fine. But what they've also done is add a ton of platforming and enemies and stuff like that. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're so close to a great game, but there's decisions in there that have made it not work. So, have you ever played the no. game? Oh, I know of it, yeah, but I haven't played it. So, yeah, so basically it's a 2D puzzle game where you go through a level, you have to rescue survivors and get them out of the exit. Simple as that. Um, really good. Play it on, played it on the PSP to death, and I'm gonna about to jump back into it soon um, because I, I've I played it every couple of years because I forget what I did, and then it's like a new game. Um, this could have been that. This could have been that. So I was expecting a game where it's almost puzzle-like and you take your time. So you go and you go, oh, look, here's the flames around. This is how I've got to get through this level. Rescue these people and get them out. Points for, I assumed it'd be points for how quick you did it or sort of like what order you did it, how perfect you did it, how much fire you put out, stuff like that. And that would have been absolutely outstanding, beautiful, game done, perfect. Probably like I'll be putting that up like one of my games of the year. However... You've got your hose and everything. You use your hose to traverse levels. Don't do that. There's loads of like weird platforms that don't make any sense. So like you'll get a platform that's just in midair. Don't do that. And I'll come to why don't do that in a minute and why it's a big pet hate of mine. So you've got this platform sort of fire midair. You go up, you put the fire out. There's no reason for that platform to be there. Ugh, don't do that. And it's time-based. You've got a time limit. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that in a roguelike. Because the idea of a roguelike is you've got to think about what you're doing, you know, how you approach each situation. Don't do that. And yeah, I, I, I don't I don't want to crap on it because visually it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. It reminds me of um uh like have you ever played the game Stick It to the Man? Like the you know, like these 3D backgrounds and it was like a 2D character and he was putting no, stickers on people and stuff like that. Mario's sticker star though. <laughs> Right, so I suppose in a way, very similar to that, but you've got these like really lush 3D backgrounds, fire elements, but Fire Girl herself is like 2D-ish. Um, it just works visually, it's beautiful. It's almost like a more cartoony version of Octopath Traveller, yeah. something like that with the visuals. For not 2D. But the, the, the locations are beautiful, the lighting's beautiful, the controls work really well on the whole until you have to start using the... Uh, fire hose to travel to places that's ridiculous 
So they've kind of got this game, and then it's almost like they've gone, right, we need to do something else. You don't need to do something else. Don't do something else. You had a really good mechanic. When you're doing the rescuing, when you're putting out the fires, it's brilliant. The other bits, ouch. Really, really, really does not work. It's like watching Shawshank Redemption and then halfway through, the new prisoner is Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the idea of just like rescuing people, putting out fires, and that is so satisfying. But again, I'm going to do a crap analogy. You're sitting there for Christmas dinner. You know the trifle's there at the end. You know your name's great trifle's there at the end. But to get to it, oh, you've got to eat a bunch of <laughs> Brussels sprouts and stuff. You don't want to do that, but you've got to. And unfortunately, yeah. that's Yeah, what a days. shame, eh? What a shame. That's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Luckily for them, I didn't play it before last week. Otherwise, it would have been in my uh, most disappointing yes. days of the year. Yeah. But hopefully they can take that away and do something with it and produce something that's got the core stuff that everybody wants but do do what Alan Wake's doing Alan Wake 2 Alan Wake 2's gone do you know what everyone what was really good about Alan Wake 2 the atmosphere and the survival horror sections so they're making Alan Wake 2 just that make a fire girl 2 make it a puzzle yeah. game yep off you go fingers crossed eh Yes, I hope this sells well, by the way, because then they might make another one because there's some good in there. There's some really good bits in there as well. So I know I've dubbed on it, but I do want to say there are some really, really good bits in there. So when it's good, it's great. It's just hampered by those. Yeah, bands, and it's always a good like theme because both like the SNES game, The Firemen, and um, Burning Ranges on the Saturn, you know, they, they do the whole putting out fire thing really, really well in different ways. So it's... It, Oh, I never played and that Roscoe one. McQueen. I played that in Argos for about three months <laughs> solid on their demo machine. Excellent. It was so good. And then I played it again a few years later um, when I grew up. And it awesome. Was a bit <laughs> I still enjoyed it. The only, the only game I've played a lot on demo free play um, was Ridge Racer in HMV when that got released on the, on the, PS, on the PlayStation. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> good times. I would like to see, actually, I would happily pay, like, a pound, right, if they just release, like, every now and again, not demos, but for 99p of a pound, just the first level of a game, like, like a Ridge Racer, because some people just play the f one level over and over and over and over. I'd pay just a fraction of a cost just to play no, the first level You mean, like, it's a, a home experience? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Ridge Racer, like like uh, uh, what was one like the Tony Hawks before Activision became whatever they are now, but you, you used to play that original Garage level over and over and over. I played the demo with that level till the disc burnt out. Got the full game. I don't think I yeah. played much. I think I think with like streaming services, you know, like Game Pass, it's kind of overridden that kind of need. Yeah, you yeah, don't need to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First levels. Now a first level, especially on score. Somebody pack, recently, yeah. well, I don't think it was said recently, but reminded me recently that I think it was, is it Miyamoto said, do your first level last. Create your first level as the last thing that you do because you'll have learned so much 
during the process of creating your game that then your first level is going to have all of that experience put into it and i think a would it surprise me when you look at the Mario games and how iconic yeah. their first levels yeah. are? One one, they, yeah, that yeah. probably sounds like Miyamoto. It definitely wasn't Kojima. <laughs> no, know that. God no. <laughs> Put six hours into it before you start enjoying yourself. And I love yeah. Kojima. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all I've been playing. And also, I've been playing, I've been tinkering with a retro handheld and when i finally get out to play stuff on that i'll talk about that in the new year awesome well that leads us nicely into our next section which is the our expanded games of the year chosen at random list <laughs> which I, you know doesn't have a better title than that do apologize so that's all right we're still better at drawing stuff out than they are at uefa apparently oh yeah absolutely <laughs> that was a good callback i like that so yeah <laughs> so I've again picked three categories at random. So shall we go through them? Yep, go on. That sounded really aggressive. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no. Fine, if we must. <laughs> no, it didn't. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can pretend it did so we can have a fake fight if you like. But um, Oh, God, we're doing this again, are we? Oh, God. Disgraceful. Well, I'll start off with, an, I've done again, three. Uh, I'll yep. start off with the negative one and two positive ones to end. So the first one is what's the worst thing in gaming 2021 edition. Now there's always plenty of rubbish nasty things going on in the world of gaming. But what was the absolute worst that happened during 2021? Crying out loud stew. Um um, <laughs> um I mean I would love to turn around and go NFTs they're bad aren't they? We should talk about that. That should be the thing that's the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's Activision, isn't it? It's got to be. And that, I'm not even just going to say Activision, that whole culture. It's a microcosm of what the world's like. And it's, we're seeing sort of like untouchable billionaires. And the, just the only thing that matters is the money is the bottom line. And it's, I, people are willing to forgive and forget as long as they get their new shiny thing and it's it's upsetting it's disgraceful and people's lives people have been driven to suicide under these companies under these regimes and no one cares no one cares and if you do go on about it you get told to stop going on about it because people just want to play their games and it's it's upsetting it's disturbing it makes me sometimes hate that i like video games because I don't want to be associated with that. I know. I know it can make it really difficult if you've got, you know, even a slight backbone of ethics in your life to put up with it and to put up with the way that it's, you know, that it's the only way I kind of get through it is thinking, well, you know, the, the people or the masses are being deceived, you know? It's just they're being kept in this capitalist bubble of, you know, you either have to be you know consume 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 all the time or if you're not doing that then it's produce 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 and it just leaves no room for well you should be your independent person who yeah. can decide what you want to do but the, that i mean that's bad enough but the fact that as soon as these people make a lot of money and they are released from the shackles of being immediately under the auspices of the police then they just do whatever they want and that's mostly abusing women and it's just so dispiritingly horrible 
to feel that that's you know that we've we've created a society where as soon as people have the freedom to do pretty much whatever they want the first thing they decide to do with that is to sexually assault women yeah uh, it's just abysmal and it's awful and you have uh, you do have to remind yourself though on the good side that most people aren't like that even though the ones who are awful are like that they're not the majority and they do get to the top often because they are sociopaths and sociopaths are very good at convincing nice people that their opinion the sociopath's opinion is the right one and force themselves to the top that way so you disproportion you have a disproportionate number of people at the top who are horrendous yeah um but they're not the majority so that's the only no. thing that you can take away that's positive right? yeah i mean i'm going to talk about something a bit more but i've got to kind of eke into that um, firstly like when we talk about the uh mental health and health side of stuff afterwards but a girl i met um last last earlier this week last week i can't remember if it was earlier this week or last week this week it was monday this week um was chatting and she said about uh, what like I told her about the the podcast and everything and she said oh, what games do you play she started listing her games she said like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I was like right she's only 18 young girl and I was like viscerally I had a like oh my god please oh god you can't play Ubisoft games but I'm, like, I'm not there to tell her she can't enjoy her games but it's left such a sour taste in my mouth what these companies are doing that someone mentions one of their games and I'm like don't do that don't 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 play that and that should not be the visceral reaction to a video game being named no absolutely not absolutely not there should be no even if it's a studio you don't like it there should never be any kind of like oh god that's just you know morally repugnant you know what i mean it should just be yeah. like, oh no i don't like their games shouldn't be oh my god they've been destroying people's lives systematically for years yeah. kind of thing yeah it's like I'm going to say this now because last year, I want to say, me and you spoke about Devolver Digital as one of the good guys. Yeah. They've been floated. They're on the stock market. They're making a crap ton of money. Get this message out to Devolver Digital in any way, shape or form. Please, please, please don't follow what Activision, Ubisoft, EA and the likes have done. Carve a new path, please. I trust in you because you've always seem to be doing the right stuff the money's there now don't please don't go down that path yeah exactly no i echo that yeah so there you go yeah i think there's you know there's no point really discussing any other awfulness <laughs> no, no. because what else can you say in terms of what's the other worst thing in the industry it's like i mean it pales in comparison don't it really it's anything yeah. the fact that nfts aren't the worst thing in the industry at the moment is ridiculous I know. I only became sort of aware of them about, you know, six or eight months ago. It's really been a 2021 thing. And I was like, okay, now let me get this straight. <laughs> You're paying I for something that you don't, don't own. It. I Yeah, no, well, that's it. Because conceptually... Stalker 2 has NFTs. <laughs> Why? I know. It doesn't make any sense at all. How anyway. can they make, how can they buy and sell NFTs in Chernobyl? Right. In a post-apocalypse? How we have to get the tranquilizers out for Brad now? They've gone over. <laughs> they've gone over the edge. It needs. It needs I get it. In Watch Dogs or something. It's, you know, it'd be fine. Is it post-apocalyptic Russia? I know it's crazy, but yeah, and that <laughs> pales into insignificance next to Acti yeah, Bliss. So. Sex creeps. Yeah. 
dear. So moving on to something that's a lot more uh, <laughs> joyous and fun. What's your favourite <laughs> NFT? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those monkey pictures. I've bought several of them for $200,000. It's a bargain. Is that going to be a category at next year's Game Awards? Probably. Best, best NFT. Best monkey NFT. NFT uh, of the year. Yeah. God. Anyway, <laughs> the, the whole thing makes me feel a little bit sick, you know, a little bit nauseous. Yeah. So moving on to something a bit, you know, a bit lighter, a bit more fun. Um, so the next category, what's the best game that you've played this year that isn't from 2021? So it can be from any year. So it can be from last year. It can be from 1983. It can be from any time. What's the best one that you've played, game of the year for you, that isn't from 2021? Oh, right. Beautifully. I've got my default answer why I have a proper think. So, <laughs> oh, do you know? I think I can guess what it is. Tetris Effect Connected. <laughs> that would be the one. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, and it's true. It's damn true. Oh, my God. I went Kurt Angle. I don't know why. Um, Best game I've played this year that's not from this year. Ooh. I'm going to let you go first while I have a little think. Well, as normal, I've got tons because I, I, you know, I'm one of these patient gamers who waits things, you know, waits till things are cheap and that, you know, just lazy ass. I do spend, you know, decent amount of money on games, but I, considering the number I consume, a lot of them are cheap and older. <laughs> yeah. Around the top, it's really hard to pick one out, but. Around the top, Ace Combat 7, which of course I got back into because they've released a couple of new DLC packs. I've now put, I think it's like 60 hours on that game and I'm not still not bored of it. I still have to go, no, no Stu, don't play that, play Halo, you know, or whatever the latest thing is. <laughs> I have to force myself not on my, but I could just play it for half an hour and they're like no you know you'll be on you'll you'll do two missions and then you'll do three and uh. so it's just it's fantastic it just grabs me so so much by the throat every time i play it and also grandia which i you know talked about earlier in the year yeah really really loving that i hit a a wall with it with a very difficult boss and i've not gone back to it for a while but you know, to the point that I've been playing it, it's just a great game, and I can't believe something so old has still got such interesting and fun game mechanics that aren't done to death by this year. So yeah, that's another one. Uh, I've got more, but I'll, if you've thought of one, I will let you, ch- uh, you know, go in. So yeah, because I've not played as much this year as I usually would love to play because of my vision. So I've been playing mainly stuff that's been sent because I've got it for review and stuff like that. Um, so, I suppose it's a cheat because it kind of got released this year in some form as a Game of the Year style thing. But back end of last year, Phoenix Point came out, but I played it this year. Really enjoying that. That That's a really good, interesting game. Um, but also, I really got back into Mars Horizon, which is a, a, a space race style game where you know you're trying to beat the russians and the europeans as nasa or whichever one you choose to be the first to get as far into outer space as possible and discover the most that has really really um got got its hooks into me and i've been playing a lot more of the sudoku games um like miracle sudoku chess sudoku stuff like that again really fun time wasters and Mixalumia. Sorry, and Mixalumia, because I've been playing that a lot as well. 
Yeah. I uh, yeah, must get that. So it's out on the Switch now, isn't it? No, that's Ecstasy that's out on the Switch. Ah, so Mixloom is still not out on Switch. I'm waiting no, for Switch, you see, or Steam Deck, but probably going to be Switch. Yeah. No official word on Mixalumia. Oh, um, what a shame. Uh, but yeah, hopefully soon, hopefully soon. Um, oh, I would hope so, yeah. But um, another one that, I, you know, not from this year, I think it was... It was either it came out beginning of 2020 or the end of 2019, which is Ghost Runner, which I talked about a lot on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal for me. It's just it pushes every button that I want. So, yeah, as a brief reminder, it's basically Mirror's Edge, but you've got a katana that can hit, you know, kill in one hit, and it's got a cyberpunk aesthetic. I mean, it's as if they just plucked things from my mind and made a game of it. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. If you like that Mirror's Edge style of wall running and parkour. You just can't go wrong. It's amazing. I've never played anything quite like it. Uh, yeah, which is one of the highest you know compliments you can give a game uh, after playing them for forty years. And yeah. it's, it immediately became one of my games of all times in my top one hundreds. And yeah, I, that one I played that this year, and it's incredible. Yeah, October last year that came out. That's right, yes, yeah. yeah. So I got that completely wrong. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, yeah. Time, time has no meaning. 2020, Ugh. 2021. I mean, do you know, like, when you see football seasons, and you see it's like, oh, the, the, the football season, like, 2008, 2009. Well, that's kind of what this year's like. It's like we've just rolled 2020 and 2021 <laughs> into a single year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So have you got any others or on the list? Any from the Pandora that you bought? The retro joystick and emulator no. box yeah no I've, I've also got an rg351 as well now uh, and an evercade so uh i mean pac-man <laughs> i mean i was just going to say it's a pac-man uh no not really because i haven't really played them yet it's, you know what these fins are like you get i mean you tinker with them for about three months then they sit there for another couple of months you go oh yeah i remember i've got that i'll play some stuff now yeah <laughs> oh god yeah yeah i've got so much to play it's ridiculous um but there you go cool yes no well you must must do it we'll must do a whole series on that when you get time when you've played through we'll do a whole series on um playing old arcade games yes yeah that'd be great uh okay well final category then is one that might be a little bit challenging because we play a lot of different games and we don't tend to just latch on to one specific one of these, which is Best Developer of the Year. So that can be a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> um, but I've got a couple that stand out, and, and mostly just for single games. I mean, on a group level, I'd like to flag up Capcom as usual, because they're always consistently good. They might not always produce the greatest games of that year, but they always get something out that's really good fun. You know, they've, they're they not obviously what they were back in the 90s but they're or even the early 2000s, but they still produce really excellent games and they seem to not have, and I'm crossing my fingers at this point, too many internal <laughs> horrible practices. So, <laughs> Touch words. Yeah. Touch anything. Yeah. 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 So that's my first one. What about yourself? So I've, I've not really got a favourite. I mean, let's go default enhance, obviously. And the Tetris company, but Tetris company yeah. are producers these days. So let's say in hearts, let's get the default out of the way. Yeah. Um, but I've got really, I'm going to go for mainly sort of like in terms of 
how they've been with me, you know, how they've interacted with the community and stuff like that. Um, so, Bitrich um, info, uh, who make Railroot really good. They're really good. Ed Hardson, really good, by the way. You know, Mark McDonald is always happy to, to chat and reach out. But Bitrich, who make uh, Railroot, uh, really fun uh, guys. You've got, in terms of making some really good games and supporting their games, Frontier Developments uh, deserve a lot of credit this year for what they're doing. Um, and you've got um, Imaginary Friends Games. Um, they've got a game coming out called uh, Shindig, which is a story-driven game based around mental health and stuff. I've, I've touched it briefly, and it's really, really good. And it kind of, it's like, it's, I don't mean to go to games, but it's kind of like a sort of game. If you like Night into the Woods and stuff like that, you'll really like it. But they've been really open um, and stuff like that, and they just seem to be making a game for pure passion more than anything and they're such humble little team as well so do you know what i don't really go for many for but i'm gonna go those that, that little selection that i said they are all really good i'm gonna shine a light on some of those ones excellent yeah good choices yeah uh, as, as usual i, I want to flag up uh ready at dawn for doing you know lone echo too just because it's a you know it's got a lovely really nice you know humanitarian plot to it and it's all about that the action is all about mechanics and repair and not about destruction or killing and you know it has this great storyline that's all about the importance of individuals in your life you know and yeah how if you value and value the life of, and the lives of the people around you then you can create great things and you can prevent tragedy and prevent you know apocalypse sort of thing and it begins with being a good a good person and caring about those around you so it makes a really big statement uh but it wraps it in a you know in something that's completely sci-fi and fun and exciting and that's a really difficult thing to do and ready at dawn have made very 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 few games very few indeed and the one that they were probably most known for was you know, the the order eighteen eighty six, uh, when the PS four came out, and you know that was very divisive. And it's like, oh yeah, it's good graphics, but crap game. And I've never even bothered playing that. And then the next big game they did was Lone Echo, which is an absolute triumph. So, a big shout out to them, you know, for that. Really, uh, I think. Yeah, see, Ready at Dawn. I keep getting confused with someone else because I thought Ready at Dawn done uh, the that uh, slasher horror. Thing with uh, Mr. Robot in it. Oh, that's the game Until Dawn that you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Who done that? I thought that was Ready at Dawn as well. Oh, no. Let me have a look. I'm just yeah, I'm looking at Ready at Dawn. Now, they're an odd developer, aren't they? Very strange. Yeah. It's a. Not, yeah, that, Super Ma- Until Dawn's by Supermassive. That's it. But I can see where the confusion came in. Yeah, no, Ready at Dawn. Yeah, a few funny, funny little games. Lots of PSP stuff. Uh, God of War stuff on the PSP and um, yeah a couple of little odd bits and then you know that weird uh, The Order game and then Lone Echo yeah it's a, I read it all I assumed they had a massive back catalogue I don't know why yeah I mean yeah, they're right from, yeah just going from like making PSP games to yeah wow I never knew that. I assumed they'd done more and I've associated them with a lot more. But, ah, wow, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and making what is one of the flagship VR titles as well. 
You know, if you're picking a top five, you're looking at, you know, probably in terms of like technical sophistication as well as gameplay, you're looking at like Boneworks, Half-Life Alex, Beat Saber, Lone Echo. You know, it's it's up there in the conversation of yeah. the most important titles. So yeah, phenomenal really and um, probably deserve more credit. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, so I know it's not a category, um, but I'll forget to mention it, and I've kind of got a note here to say to mention it. Coming out next year, and a game I, I, I was playing on and off until my vision got quite bad, uh, but it's coming to Switch and PC next year. It's a game called Grand Mountain Adventure, which is a kind of a isometric open world uh, with a sports game where you ski and snowboard around mountains. You do like various little challenges and stuff like that. Lovely game, probably one of the best winter sport games out there does everything that i think that steep game wanted to be but does it better because it doesn't go for ultra realism it goes for making a good game first and foremost Um, coming out next year keep an eye out for that one just wanted to get that in there while we're still talking about games well yeah no i will definitely uh we've we've always said for a long time that we want more you know, more sports games that aren't just owned by massive companies that do something yeah. a bit different, make it a bit more arcadey. So, yeah. yeah. Totally. Sweet. Yeah. So, I think that's it for games for this week. Yep. Just want to give an update, really, on my, my health. Uh, I don't just mean the fact we've both got stinking colds at the moment. I went to the hospital on Monday, saw the, uh, my consultant who said that they want to do another operation. I was like, Christ, don't want one because it's dragging on and on and on and on and I don't want it to drag on anymore. And he basically turned around and said, I said, look, if I have the operation, because it is the best course of action for my right eye, how long am I waiting? And he went, you'll be waiting months for the operation. It's like, right. I can't, we can't go on. Mental health wise, our financial situation, everything, we cannot go on like this anymore. Um, so, if there's anything that can be done. So, he's agreed to finally certify me as partially sighted, which means we can start to hopefully get the help we need, if, you know, everything we can do that side of it. So, that's a huge relief on that part. Yeah, and thank God, not not before time. Yeah. And there's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't have been done earlier than that. And, um, so I'm really, yeah, genuinely glad that that's finally got to the place where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, but why we was there, the reason I want to bring it up more than anything is um, in the waiting room got talking to um, like a mum and daughter um, who were there for uh, appointments. So just one of the most unlikely inspirational stories I thought I was expecting to hear that day young girl she's 18 now and she went blind in her teens or started to go blind in her teens um i can't remember what the condition's called uh, she said she'd listen to the podcast so maybe she could write in and and let us know or she was humoring me one of the two but her condition will continue to deteriorate as you will eventually go completely blind uh, but she's 18 she seems to take it all in her stride everything like that the way she's describing it but what she did, and this is this is just fascinating, when she was 15, they got told there's a four-year waiting list for guide dogs. Uh, so instead, they she, they went out, got a puppy, and she, at 15, started training 
this puppy to be her guide dog. Oh, wow. I've done it over three years so far, all herself. She's autistic as well. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's dealt with for that. But it's just hearing stuff like, like you can't, you've got, the cardices cost a fortune. So she got people she knew, had to go to different people to get them to weld a harness for the dog and, and stuff like that. And it was like, it's like she's 18 and she's doing all this stuff. And it's just like, that'd destroy me. If I found out in my teens, I was going blind. That, I mean, I'm 40. I'll, you know, I've lived, a, I've lived somewhat of a life. Um, that destroy me. But she's so, her outlook was so positive and sort of like, I'll get through it. But also sort of like backed up. Like I, I go out sometimes where I've got slightly better visual. I've got used to where I'm going and I feel like a fraud, especially when I struggle to get on a bus and I get on a bus and then I get my phone out. Because I got talking to her because she was sitting there with guide dog and everything. And then um, she gets her phone out and I'm kind of half seeing. I'm going, why has she got a guide dog? Yeah. She could see a bit. So I asked, I was like, say, excuse me, can I ask, do you, like, are you partially sighted or fully blind? She went, no, I'm partially sighted. I went, are you allowed? Can you get a guide dog when you're partially sighted? And that's when she came out to know she started training her own and stuff like that. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just a really, really good conversation to speak to someone because usually when I go there, it's like, they're all like over 80. Yes. And they don't yeah. want to listen to me. They don't want to listen <laughs> to me going, ah, oh, do you know what's crap? Politics is crap. Um, and yeah. sort of like, and especially when they're all talking their right wing nonsense as well. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Also, look at my little badge. I'm, I'm, I'm non binary. That'll, that'll confuse you all. But yeah, no, so it's yeah. like, talking to someone who was a bit younger demographic but then I thought Jesus Christ I'm stuck in the middle they're either really young or they're like or they're like really old but she was really interested to talk to uh, like I think like she pointed out as well talking guy the reason we talk, probably the reason we're talking so well is like like she went like the neurodivergent yeah actually I actually made me realise that I, if I find other people who are neurodivergent I could probably talk to them yeah uh, because they there's no judgement and they get it as well whereas i think a lot of people don't get it they don't get like when i go off like this like you know i know you're you're very good at sort of like just stepping back and letting me go um, and then responding when you need to but it's like you don't get that with a lot of people they go uh, so it was really nice to have just an open frank honest chat but yeah really inspirational young girl um i just thought i'd mention that because you get inspiration from totally unknown places at times yeah, absolutely, and and that's one of the great things about life. Uh, there's you, you know, you're always kind of ready for something to go wrong, <laughs> and very often you're not disappointed. But there's also things that really lighten you and and really impress you and you know inspire you that can just happen completely off the cuff from people you're not expecting or situations that you're not aware of and not expecting. And that sounds like a really good one to have had. Yeah, that was really excellent. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, it's a positive, some positive mental health. It's good. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I often think how rubbish my life would be if I didn't know neurodivergent people because, the, you know, the the patterns of expression are different, and it's it's like, oh wow, I'd never thought of, you know, X like that, or I never would have talked about such and such like that, or I never would have kept talking until my point came out because I would have felt bad about that. And all of these things make life better, you know? They they don't they don't make life worse. They only make it worse if you're impatient or you don't want to listen. Yeah. And that's on you, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's it's expected. It's like it's it's like really weird because one of the things I always used to be worried about was I'd always try and use big words 
uh, because yeah. okay, that that that's how you show you you understand things or you're bright, and it's how obviously. Sorry, politics is how politicians get away with a lot because they use big words so they sound intelligent. They're not. It's written for them. Yeah. And then I'd struggle. Like, I'd, be, like, I'd, I'd say something, like, I'm trying to get a big word out and I'd be like, oh, what's the big word? And I'm tripping over myself trying to remember what the big word is. And I just feel like that makes me sound more stupid than what I am. So I just decided it, like, in a way then to start going, actually, just use whatever words flow out. It really does not matter. You don't. Absolutely, it's about conveying your point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. No, it's good. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was just really good talking to someone sort of like I say, young. But yeah, uh, yeah. It's a shame she plays yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I was going, I play all the indie games, and she made Assassin's Creed. I was like indie games. Yeah, convincing people to play the stuff that you like and is is the hardest thing in the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play this yeah. railway management game that's just blocks and lines it's great yeah oh yeah it's a fire thing with a girl uh and yeah don't yeah. play that <laughs> just buy it so they make something else don't play it though it's not great it's got <laughs> folding blocks you twist the folding blocks but i know you've played it before but now they've added music it's brilliant <laughs> yeah yeah oh god i play lumens again anyway that's me for this week i'm done yeah. have you got anything else you wanted to chat about no. Right, well, we'll both go go and collapse now and <coughs> take some more paracetamol and stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I need to remember to breathe because I'm really blocked up. So I'm trying to breathe out. I need to breathe out my mouth. And obviously when I talk, I don't actually breathe properly. So I, 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 as I'm going, I'm getting more and more out of breath as I talk. So, I've, I, yeah, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, your O2 sats are probably like in the toilet. But yes, we'll we'll leave that for now. So next week is the Christmas special. So this this episode that you're listening to now will be you'll be hearing this on the weekend of the 18th and 19th, and the one after that will be our Christmas special, which will be our games of the year list. And uh, yeah, it's got something to look forward to. We're nearly there now, nearly at Christmas. I hope that it's okay. It's not the best time for everybody by any stretch of the imagination. We'll just be focusing on the positive because, you know, obviously we want to put something out there that just helps people by looking at the, uh, you know, the brighter aspects of life when things can be challenging. But if you do have anything difficult to talk about or you just want to share or you just want to vent, then, you know, please do join our Discord. We're always there for you. Always happy to talk about anything at all, but particularly mental health. So please do join if you want to and engage with us there. But, Otherwise, in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane.